Happy New Year. It's Ricardo, and here's the lineup for the Popping Collars feed in January 2021. Betsy, Liz, Greg, and I choose our favorite Netflix originals on Popping Collars. Take two features the return of John White, who's coming back to talk about the changing world of internet news. It's a new year and a new set of movies for Greg and Betsy on Going On 30. They're looking back at the movies of 1990, beginning with Penny Marshall's Awakenings. Speaking of new things, The Sacred Six begins a new deep dive this month. Special guest Eric Matoyer joins Betsy to talk about six episodes of The Wire. Thanks for listening and keep those collars popped. Previously on Popping Collars. Welcome to Take Two, where we give a former guest of Popping Collars the chance to come back and update their view on a piece of pop culture. I'm your host. My name is Greg Knight. And this month, my returning guest is John White. Welcome back to the show, John. Thanks, Greg. It's great to be here. Oh, excellent to have you. I'm going (laughs) to set you up. It was our 23rd episode of the podcast. The date was August 7th, 2015. And the Mm -hmm. subject was internet news. It's Mm -hmm. almost quaint listening back to that episode (laughs) because I think we went into that topic thinking of the silliness of websites like BuzzFeed, uh, Deadspin. I think maybe even Gawker was still around in its original form. You know, all of these sort of websites that treat news as entertainment. And we hadn't yet been introduced to terms like fake news or alternative (laughs) facts and certainly weren't aware of how some some kind of quote unquote news sites would seek to drive some pretty insidious agendas over the last four years. So, John, the floor is yours. What is your take two on Internet news, knowing what we know now? Well, you know, I listened back on that episode and, and mostly what I got out of that is we were terribly naive. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, totally. But I think because. Um, I mean, we were blinded a little bit, I think, because we have, you know, an ethical stance, right? As as Christian people, we we like stand for something. We we hold up truth as important. Um, and I think we were naive because I, I think we thought that lots of other people believe the same thing. Right. And it turns out that lots of other people, people don't. One of the things I think we weren't really appreciative of is that most, for the most part, like the big players in the internet, our attention span is their product. Right, and so they couldn't care less what is taking up our attention, so long as they can monetize it. I have to say, like the thing that's really crazy about news is that I think so. I come from a previous generation. I come from like Generation X, right? So news meant something. It was like this objective thing that got put out, and if you use the word news, like there was this baggage that came with it. You assumed that there was some form of journalism. You assume that there was some reporting that was done. You assume that there was some kind of research involved before this thing got 
posted and sent out. And now news encompasses so much. News encompasses opinion Mm -hmm. and rumor. And I think that that's where it becomes particularly, like I use the word insidious because I'm thinking of the way that it gets shared on social media. Greg says on an episode of Popping Collars, (laughs) you know, we should really consider getting rid of bishops in the Episcopal Church, right? (laughs) And Mm now, I don't want to call your website out, but Episcopal Cafe picks this up and runs a headline. um, Episcopal Church should get rid of bishops? (laughs) Question mark. And now I haven't read the article about like dumb Greg on his dumb podcast, you know, just making an opinion, but I share it on my timeline with all of my friends. It becomes a news item. Right. And I think that that's the thing that makes this, this era kind of fuzzy is like, wait, what is actually news and what isn't? Right. Because I think one of the things we we get into is um, Twitter, which is a terrible space that I would, I don't spend really any time in at all is that if someone says something incendiary or stupid or hateful or even anodyne on Twitter, it can be news to talk about what they said. Not that what they said was important, true. That's essentially spreading gossip, which, right. which you know, as Christian people, we're not supposed to do. But, but, but then that's basically all it is. And so news becomes instead of here is my objective take on what's happening in the world, it's like, well, here's the rumor I heard, and this is what they said, and they said, and this is what they think, and this is what they think, and and it's really hard to for an average person if you're not like really focused on spending a lot of time discerning on what's happening in the world, you're just picking up headlines from Facebook or you know incendiary things that people post. It's I think it's probably extremely difficult to understand what what is reality. One of the greatest wrestlers of all time just got sucker punched. When you see the words Hulk Hogan sex tape, you have that moment before you decide whether or not to click it. Hogan's $100 million lawsuit over a tape that was posted online by the website Gawker. It's the first celebrity sex tape case to go to trial. It put internet privacy in a battle against freedom of the press. Gawker becomes convinced that somebody else with a different agenda is financing this lawsuit. Billionaire Peter Thiel, a co-founder of PayPal, is secretly paying the expenses of Hulk Hogan's legal fight. The story about his sexual orientation was published nine years before this lawsuit. This is personal. He's doing this because he wants to bring Gawker down. We're going to open up those libel laws and we're going to have people sue you like you never got sued before. Donald Trump, Peter Thiel and other billionaires have been trying to undercut freedom of speech. Sheldon Adelson bought the Las Vegas Review Journal. What he did was take off the boards people who might reveal something that he doesn't like. Billionaires are proclaiming we are more powerful than the truth. This is a moment of real definition for the press. Journalism is worth protecting. If we lose that, we've lost what America stands for. We have to fight harder and smarter than ever. Here's a message to the White House. You keep lying, we're going to keep reporting. The president believes the press is a threat to the country. The facts are not facts. He thinks democracy is outdated. Money can't silence the media. We're talking about shrimp. My kids are old enough now, they're like, they want to watch YouTube. Right. And YouTube is terrible because it will suck you into a circle. If you if you land on one wrong thing, yeah, 
heaven forbid, where you're going to spiral to. Right. So, so that's something that we really have to like really contain because, because right. people have used and learned how to manipulate it and they want to give us what we want. But often what we want is not very good for us. It's like most of us prefer to eat Reese's peanut butter cups to broccoli. Right. But it becomes addictive too. I mean, exactly. I, I think that that's the thing about, that's the thing about news, right? So news is information. And for like generations, you would wake up and you would get your news from, you know, reputable sources, either your local newspaper or you would turn on the Today Show or something like that. I wonder how many people wake up in the morning and check their Facebook feed oh, I, or check their Twitter people. feed. And that's and that's the first source of information that they get, you know. So I feel like we're using these social media platforms as our information sources and they're not great. They're, and they weren't really designed for that. And so they don't do it very well. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't know, I don't really know what the way forward is. Right. I mean, we, we're not going to make it go away. I, I, I just don't know the answer for how to get out of this like circle that we feel, I feel like we're stuck in. So I guess that's my question for you as someone who cultivates a news site, how do you figure out what's trustworthy? Like, how do, how do you make the decision of what to run? Um, well, primarily, you know, we draw on, I guess you'd say like official sources, right? So we get a lot of things that we piece together from press releases from church bodies. Um, we also look at reporting from reputable journalists. Um, and we've had a couple of times where so, so something might come across we've seen on Facebook or whatever. And so we always want to go and try to corroborate. I mean, we try to follow basic journalistic standards, right? Someone says something, we're not going to take them at their word. And we try not to report on stuff people say. Yeah. We don't want to be rumor mongers. And so, so we want to, are trying to, to sort of verify um, the things that come across our way, if we can, from, from more than, than one source where possible. So I'm going to wrap up with this, which is to say that, I feel like, you know, life is a series of swings that goes, you know, in several directions. Uh, our first conversation was very much like a, a Star Wars, you know, A New Hope conversation. It's like this fun little romp of a conversation about internet news. This feels very Empire Strikes Back, like darkness, right? So, uh, you know, if we were to revisit this topic four years from now, like, what's our Return of the Jedi story? Like, what do we swing back to? Is there is there a swinging back from where we are now? You know, I didn't even encounter the internet till I was over thirty years old, <laughs> um, and I'm hopeful that that younger people who are growing up immersed in it, right? Like my kids will be better at figuring it out and, yeah. and will be more likely to impose the kind of limits um, that will be needed to sort of contain this, this very powerful thing. I think we're already beginning to see that with political pushback against, you know, large social media and internet companies uh, where 10 years ago, they were all heroes and wonderful and changing the world for good. And now we're realizing wait, they have power that, that maybe they should be constrained. And yeah. so I'm hopeful that, that as people open that become aware of the danger um, and as younger people who grow up in it, who, who are familiar and, and like just immersed in that world, will figure out a ways to pr- build appropriate sort of limits so that it becomes something that is of use to us uh, and provides benefit. And yet the, the dangers are, are contained and, and controlled in such a way that it doesn't like blow up society.
I'm with you. I think that I, I see a generation that's a little more savvy when it comes to how they're being marketed to and how they're being sold and stuff like that. Um, right, yeah, because we used to believe whatever you saw in print was like true, and that transferred into what we saw on the internet. That is not true. Yeah. <laughs> John, thank you so much Thanks, for coming Greg. back and uh, yeah, and talking internet news with us on Popping Collars. <laughs> um, before you go, update us on where you are now and what you're doing. Uh, well, my real job is I'm a parish priest. I'm in Syracuse, New York. Um, I have a, a podcast I do every week called The Subversive Undercroft, which uh, is a lot of fun. Uh, with uh, my partner, Lisa Graves, who's a priest in the New York City area now. We used to both be in West Virginia. We both moved to New York. Um, And I still manage all the podcasts at the Episcopal Cafe. We have a number of them that we feature, including Popping Collars. Nice. Thank you again. We will see you next time on Take Two. Keep those college pops. And we'll see you then. Something